are you okay with FGM? She was like, yeah. I was like, really? She was like, yeah. Then I had to ask her why. She was like, because even my grandmother went through that. Even my mom went through that. Even me, I have to go through that. Of course, I have a role to play as a man. If, if my daughter, she's cut, I have to marry her to a man. You cannot achieve everything within one, one day, one week, one month. Yeah, it's a process. You get someone uh, cutting a young girl, you report them to the police. After two days, the, the cutter is out. Corruption. I wish the government can integrate those harmful practices into the curriculum. Whereby you grew up knowing that, you know, FGM is bad. Beating a woman is bad. You grew up knowing that this and this, this is bad. This is the End FGM Podcast with Kasiita Mark. Welcome to the End FGM Podcast. My name is Jeremiah Kipainoi. I spend time with change makers who are making an impact in Kenya and beyond. Each week, we listen to incredible stories of ordinary people just like you, making a difference. They share their successes, failures, and what they are learning along the way. Thank you for being with me today. Let's get started. We are just going to kickstart this uh, by, first of all, knowing who is Kasita. Thank you so much. I'm Kasita Mark. Uh, I'm from Kampala, Uganda. I'm a gender activist. I do communications. Uh, I advocate for girls' empowerment and young women. Amazing. So all the way from Uganda, we sit down with this incredible man today. He's going to share with us his journey his challenges, his experiences, and the lessons that he's learned in Uganda as a gender advocate, and specifically talking about FGM. Why FGM? A few years back, uh, I was given a, an opportunity to travel with one of uh, the Uganda MP. She comes from uh, Bukwo. But on our way to Bukwo, uh, our van, we had one young girl she was at campus. I happened to ask a question, Jackie, not her real name, eh? Jackie. Are you okay with FGM? She was like, Yeah, I was like, Really? She was like, Yeah. Then I had to ask her why. She was like, Because even my grandmother went through that. Even my mom went through that. Even me, I have to go through that. Yet on that trip that day, we were heading to, to Bukwa to empower communities on the harmful of uh, FG, F, FGM. From there, I, I decided to empower the community empower community leaders, my fellow men, my fellow activists on issues concerning FGM. Just describe to me how FGM is distributed in Uganda because I know that in cases where there are parts ravaged by war in Uganda, uh, there are incidences where FGM is prevalent. How distributed is it in, in Uganda generally? Yeah, thank you. Uh, in Uganda, FGM is, is much common in uh, northeast part of Uganda. Some sides of Kalamoja, the Buko, as I said, Kweni, Kapcholua, some parts of uh, Iteso, the other side. Yeah, and, and, and currently, the, the previous in Uganda, uh, uh, due to our work, to advocacy we are doing, 
does uh, come down. The previous is at uh, 0.3, so it means it's going down. Though, though, just know down the communities, there are those cases that we don't, we don't know my track. Some uh, uh, in communities, people people are using it as a business. Now, the moment you go to the ground, trying to prepare them with information regarding FGM, uh, trying to assess them to see how, how we can uh, stop it, they, uh, they see someone who's trying to end their business. So they always think uh, that you're trying to attack their business because uh, those cutters, they earn money from it. Thank you for bringing up that point because I know that, um, as you mentioned, there are some communities that are splinter groups of also other communities that are inside yeah. Kenya, like the Iteso, as you said, the Karamajong. Yeah. And um, you said that it's a business for some people. Yeah, they do earn. It's also an issue here in Kenya because I've seen that cutters are given alternative livelihoods and they many have left um, practicing FGM. I was just speaking to another activist actually today mm. and he told me that um, men are beneficiaries of the cut. But Uganda is way, way lower mm. if those statistics are to go by because in Kenya we have a 21% prevalence of girls between 15 to 49 years. So that's quite higher. How is it like uh, in terms of um, institutions set to try address FGM in Uganda? Uh, now this uh, goes to to NGOs, because now, now uh, the more work we do as civil society, uh, universities, uh, schools that uh, keep on empowering the community so that the numbers are, are, are going down. Paint for me a picture of how communities, maybe one community in Uganda mm. that, you know, practices FGM. Just paint for me a picture how an FGM ceremony would look like in one of those communities. Uh, in Uganda, since we have uh, laws, uh, against uh, FGM, eh? they hide. They no longer uh, do that uh, openly. They hide. You may, uh, you may you may find a family with their neighbors having that engagement. And in most cases, uh, they take it back to poverty. They be like, since we are, we are poor, we can uh, we can prepare our, our girl to get married to this man after uh, after being cut. So they prefer cutting their girls. Then they sell them to those older 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 men. They're yeah, like that. By the way, this thing has uh, even placed uh, these young girls' life in danger of getting diseases, the HIVs, you get the fistulas. Is that a sh uh, is HIV a result of sharing blades? Yeah, 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 yeah. Sh uh, sh sharing of blades, and also uh, these cutters, they're not, they're not as killed. They, they don't use equipment. Imagine someone using one leather blade to cut like three girls. In that process, you never know. She may, by mistake, cut herself and also cut the girl. You know what happens next. And maybe she gets infected and, and then she's now going to infect other girls, other girls. in the process, in her whole career. Imagine. And that's something um, that's happening throughout these communities. Um, we are looking at instances where we have um, many communities, especially in my case here in Kenya, who are d using different mechanisms to try to end FGM. Mm. But they are also finding it difficult because over and over the years, they are still replicating things that were done in 1990. They are still being done here because there is no a collective or a, or a, or a, or a, or a manual of trying to start up, a, start, up, uh, start up an organization or probably a movement 
uh, of anti-FGM activists that is there to guide new people who wants to who want to join the fight is there a, a, a movement or a, or groups that are linked so that they can try to end fgm together in uganda yeah do you know uh the fact is eh, problems of young people of 90s yeah they uh they are solved by those people of, of 90s but now problems are affecting young people this uh for this uh this i20 uh, 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 should be solved by we young people of 20s you get my point, eh? So currently in Uganda, we have many uh, youth advocates that are, are coming up to advocate for this, eh? for FGM. You get. We have uh, feminists that are coming up to see how they can work hand in hand with the community, with the cultural leaders, eh? religious leaders, women to come on board and address these issues. You get. Because the moment the girl uh, uh, is affected, just know uh, it, it also affects us as as men. Yeah. Uh, when, when it comes to uh, uh, our economic, we have to pay. In the case of a girl, she's uh, she's maybe she she overbreeds. You have to to, to incur money to go for medication. You get? Uh, when when a girl she's miscut, she uh, she get diseases as I said uh, HIV. Yeah. So, uh, some people keep on confusing this thing that uh, if a girl she's cut, she she'll be good when it comes to sexual intercourse. But all those are just myth. You get? That's why we as men. We have, to, we, have, we have to come on board. That's why in Uganda we have Men Engage. Men Engage has also done so much work when it comes to empowering people on issues concerning FGM. Yeah. Engaging men, and that's something that we would like to delve in head first yeah. uh, as we have this conversation. Uh, men hold positions of influence in families and also in public spaces. And women mostly um, find themselves in these highly patriarchal communities. Men have for long been left out in um, this NFGM campaign. And today we are seeing much more of them being enrolled. What's the case in Uganda? Yeah, uh, one thing I can tell you, uh, it, it, it's about socialization. It goes about to, to sensitization. The more you exercise uh, men, they're ready to come on board. And when they come on board, just know things will work out. You get That's why, I, me, I always say that men involvement is the way to go. You get We are the fathers. We are the pacemakers. We are the uh, everything. Everything. So as soon as you, you engage men, and yeah, by the way, not only men, but also young boys. You get But also young boys. Because uh, uh, what I do me, uh, uh, as a dad, uh, it's the, the same thing that my, my young boy will do. You get it. So that's why men involvement is key. But many people argue that women have been left out in most of these decisions. Of course, this FGM affects women. And it's women who face the brand in the first place. It's women who go through the knife. It's women who do the cutting themselves. Don't you feel like we are getting in, into women's affairs if we start engaging again men to come into we, into issues that you know girls have been doing and women have been like it's a women thing. Let's just say that. No, now for for this for this century the things the things are about inclusivity. Both men and women we have a role to play, and just know if if we work hand in hand. If you work hand, hand in hand, everything can move on smoothly. So uh, even if they, they say that uh, uh, it's uh, uh, they cut women, so women are, are the 
are the ones that are, are, are affected. But also, we, we as men, because remember, uh, if, uh, if, if, if my daughter she's cut, I have to marry her to a man. She's my sister. She's my daughter. She's my mom. Of course, I have a role to play as a man. Many communities have been marginalized while uh, trying to engage them in some programs in Uganda. Do you feel that you are doing enough? The work against FGM is enough or is being tackled well enough in Uganda? You know, uh, uh, the fact is uh, we've done uh, what we can so far, but uh, more. More is coming and, most, uh, and more is needed as soon as yesterday. I respect my friends' culture, I respect all culture. But when it comes to issues concerning violating uh, women's rights, something uh, harmful to, to women, I don't tolerate that. Now let's get down into your involvement in the campaign. Yeah. Tell us when you started and uh, what activities did you do or are you doing to try to end this vice? I joined the uh, end, end FGM campaign, I think, five years back. When I was, uh, when I was still, uh, I think I was in university by that time. Because uh, I had friends who used to, to discuss issues concerning FGM. The way they were discussing them, it forced me to, to learn more, to, to go and research more about, uh, about FGM. In the long run, I noticed that uh, uh, in some communities, uh, when, uh, when, when, when uh, that ceremony is held, girls, girls were heading up into, uh, into issues like diseases, some were heading into death. One, one kind of thing that happened, it was in 20, 2013, I think, 2013. One young girl in, in Bukwo, she was cut, she had to overbreed. Happened, uh, lacked knowledge and information that uh, when someone overbreed, you just have to take her to, to a hospital to get more blood. Instead of taking her to, to the hospital, they used those uh, traditional herbs. She didn't recover. Uh, after a few days, she passed on. Yeah, I, I, I do much also when it comes to, I use my social media platforms. Eh? I write uh, blogs, uh, I do interviews eh? with uh, village community leaders, church leaders. I write blogs. Uh, I try also to engage TV sessions because I, I always attend TV discussions when it comes to, to issues concerning girls, girls, girls' concerns. Eh? And I also, because uh, I also do much of SRH, section and reproductive health of, of young girls. Eh? Remember FGM. FGM is part of uh, SRH because uh, if a girl is cut, uh, uh, it, it, it may lead her into maternal issues. When it comes to giving birth, it's because uh, out of complications to, to maternal issues. That's why some young girls, in most cases, a baby dies or a mom dies. Sometimes uh, they, they also uh, end up getting fistula, as I said at first, also getting HIV. So those key issues, eh, they, they really like really disturb my mind. Okay, that's why. I always feel like I should be on board to empower those communities to improve on that. Because I know what it means. The, 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 moment, the moment the girl gets affected with, with, with HIV, she won't go back to school due, uh, due to stigma. There are policies, as you said, but I do not know exactly uh, what the Ugandan policies say about FGM. But I understand that there are still people who we still hold on to this culture despite these policies being in place. Mm. As you've said, there are these communities that are still, uh, they, they are still groping hard to these practices because they feel that it's part of their way of life. Mm. Is there something that the government is consciously doing to try to end this vice, apart from probably linking up with, uh, with CSOs and NGOs or, or the civil society? Mm. You know, uh, in Uganda, we, we have so, so many policies, which are good, but implemented in, in other countries, you know. But now, uh, our policies would, would, have, would have made impact, yeah? 
But then we have issues concerning corruption. You get someone are cutting a young girl, you report them to the police. After two days, the, the cutter is out. Corruption. And also these places, at the community level, people are not uh, aware about those places. They don't know what it means. They, they, they just hear that oh, we have a place on, on FGM, but they don't know what, what uh, it really means. I was in Capitola. I was in Capitola discussing issues were regarding FGM. So I told them, you know what? We have places on FGM. Man, one of them was like, uh, no, how, how can I feel those policies? Did you get some? So that we, we can feel some. I was like, really? So she means we have a lot to play. We have uh, a lot to, to do to empower those communities to know those policies. And, and, and also, I wish uh, that, uh, they were translated into local language because uh, in Uganda, most of our policies are, are in what? Are in English. So the, commun uh, 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 and the communities where these uh, practices are carried out, they don't know, they don't, they don't like pick, 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 pick what English. So it means I wish uh, those places were in two local languages. Eh? Maybe it, it would have made more, more impact. And also, I, I wish the government could uh, enforce, enforce laws eh? to those uh, uh, cultural leaders down there. Because just no, uh, those cultural leaders are, are the key to identify those young girls to be cut. Because first in Uganda, if you're to be cut and and you, you run a hundred miles, they 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 will wait for you or they will look for you, bring you back home. They cut you. Do you really think that the government, through its laws mm. and enforcement without really engagement, mm. will be able to end FGM? Uh, it calls for multi-sector approach, whereby the government has to come on board, working with the uh, civil society, uh, community leaders, community leaders, eh? church leaders, men and boys. But sometimes I wish uh, we could change our education curriculum and integrate in issues concerning FGM, the harmful practice that uh, affects our young girls. I wish the government can integrate those harmful practices into the curriculum, whereby you grew up knowing that, you know, FGM is bad. Beating a woman is bad. You grew up knowing that this and this, this is bad. There are other cultures, for example, in my community, the Maasai, mm. there are practices that we used to have, mm. cultural practices like piercing of ears mm. or burning of the thighs. Yeah, thighs. Really, actually, uh, was traditionally beautiful to mm. the people who practiced that. But over the time, mm. people have stopped practicing this. Mm. People have, start, have stopped cutting ears. People have, are now not uh, removing the teeth. Yeah. And I've, I'm always asking myself, mm. if... If we were to just do nothing, do you think FGM would come to an end naturally? It can't be. It can't be. That Why? Why? Uh, that takes me back to, to what I, uh, I told you at first. The, the young girl I met on my way to, to Bukwo. When I asked her, that, uh, are you okay with FGM? She was like, since my grandmother went through the, uh, the same process, I also have to go through the same process. So, I think uh, what you have to do right now is to do more sensitization. More sensitization. To empower the community. And maybe since, uh, for, uh, as I told you, in my communities, many women, many cutters, they think that uh, FGM is source of income. Maybe if you can also find ways on uh, empowering them with other economic, economic engagement skills, eh? yeah, it, may, uh, it, it, it might also uh, help in uh, kicking away FGM in Uganda. You talked about incentives for these cutters, mm. but over time we also realized that these incentives, as I was speaking to someone from Kenya, I don't know if it's the same case as it is in Uganda, but um, some people actually have tried giving incentives to these 
cutters mm. and who declare themselves as former cutters. Mm. But when the season of cutting for some communities, which is often after two years, mm. when the season comes, then they can't resist um, either the pressure from the community because they are, they are, they are the officiated cutters mm. or they are pulled by the force of resources, force of money mm. that is available uh, while doing this practice for economic reasons. Do you really think this will work? Let me give you a scenario. Uh, in, uh, in my country, we have uh, this one tribe whereby these are cattle keepers. When you go to them and you, 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 you set up like a town, you, you, you construct a school, an hospital, some, some shops, uh, some medication center, after, after a few months, they shift from that place to another place. Even if you follow them to another place, you do the same. Still, they shift from that place to another place. So because that's their way of life. Yeah. So the, the, uh, the thing is, is cultural. No, FDM is cultural. So people, people always, uh, always, always uh, tend to come back. Even if you give them money, uh, even if you, you give them money, even if you, you, you do uh, uh, start up small businesses, still they will come back to that. You get. So we just have to keep on empowering them. You get. We just have to, to keep on empowering them, not getting tired. Because the more, the more you, you empower them, one day one time they'll pick up. It's a process. You cannot achieve everything within one one day, one week, one month. Yeah, it's a process. We just have to keep on empowering them, guiding them, showing, uh, showing them the right thing. Just know one day one time we shall be there. That's why you see the number. The number is going down. The number is going down. Uh, and uh, those people that are, uh, are still uh, practicing uh, that, that, uh, that what? That, that I'm full practice. Eh? Remember, now they hide. Uh, they no longer come into, into public. They do, they do that aside. They hide. You get? So which means one one time we shall be there. The same case as here in Kenya, it used to be prevalent and people used to celebrate a lot. Yeah. But these days, uh, people hide, especially in the case of, 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 of cutting girls. Mm. What piece of advice would you give to someone who, you know, wants to start an organization, wants to start a campaign, wants to support campaigners working in Uganda to NFGM? What piece of advice would you give to them in regards to your experience while in this campaign? Well, uh, one thing you, 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 you should not forget, culture is culture. You know? Culture is culture. We've grown up, we, we came from far, but without cultures. Eh? The things about uh, integrating uh, the modern way of living with the old ways. So the things about empowering the communities with the, the new skills. Let the, harm, let, uh, the spade be, be called a spade. If something is harmful, let it. Let everyone knows that it's harmful, and let's like discuss ways on how to improve it. You get, eh? and also we should try our best to say that uh, we work in partnership. You cannot do work alone. Now, when it comes to harmful issues, especially FGM, you need other partners on board. First of all, you you have to work with the government, the police, and the cultural leaders, religious leaders, men, boys, and and those. Even those young girls themselves, you should try so much to involve them. No one should be left behind when it comes to issues concerning FGM. So as you plan up to come up with your FGM campaign, make sure you you engage those key key partners, key partners. Because just know uh, people give you funny, funny uh, 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 excuses, uh, so they, they they can bypass maybe the rules, maybe to do the, to to 
to do your campaign but just know you have to work with them and find ways on how to address those issues muganga mark kasita thank you very much for joining me at the NFGM podcast parting shot and uh, before you leave i know i've learned a lot from you especially uh in the regard that you know uganda and kenya still have the same problems in trying to address fgm despite you know probably uganda not having so many communities still um deeply ingrained into fgm if someone wants to get in touch with you how will they reach you uh on facebook i'm kaseta mark kaseta mark with k a s double i T A then Mark Mark M A R K on Facebook Casita Mark on Facebook on Twitter Casita Mark Instagram Casita Mark WordPress Casita Mark then uh, email email is somewhat complicated Mark M S C S C D twenty four at Gmail I know it, it's kind of complicated but uh, you just uh, go online type in Casita Mark write anything if you like me I'll get back to you and I'm so honored to be to be hosted. Eh? on this show and well always I make jokes when I when I'm in Kampala because my, my girlfriend she's a Kenyan eh? so I told her you know what I'm heading uh, I'm heading home to meet my in-laws so she will be so surprised to hear that I I, I, I meet my in-laws because eh? I told her that you know I'm heading back home to meet uh, my in-laws and she knows that I, I'm I'm in Kenya I'm in Nairobi yeah I'm so I'm so happy to be, to be back to be back in Nairobi and thanks for hosting me yeah Thank you very much. Kasita Mark, uh, I think you also feel at home. We are all neighbors, we are all brothers, and we are all fighting together. Thank you very much for joining me at the NFGM podcast. It's an honor having you all the way from Uganda. Asante sana for coming here to Kenya. And to the listener, thank you very much for listening to this amazing uh, young man, I'd say. You are a young man. <laughs> yeah, I'm a young, I'm a young man, but soon becoming a senior advocate. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you very much for listening in. My name is Jeremiah Kipainui and together with Tony Mwebia and Matilda Timpian, team and FGM podcast, we say thank you. Till next Monday, take care. You can get bonus materials, notes and much more at www.kipainui.com. K-I-P-A-I-N-O-I dot com. Please remember, we all can do something. Go out and make a difference. For we all have a responsibility to make this world a better place. Goodbye.